Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Empower Radio. My name is Bianca Scalise. I am your host, and I've created this podcast because there are a lot of women who are uncomfortable in their skin, and I don't want for you to be one of them. So today we're getting into part two of Strength Training Foundations. Strength Training Foundations part one was all about why does strength training help us to get to our goals? Why is it so important for nearly everyone on the planet to strength train? Now, part two is going to be getting into what weights should I select? Remember in part one, we talked about what exercises there are to choose from, some compound lifts, accessory lifts, differentiating those. Today, we're going to talk about what weight in those exercises should I select? Um, and we're going to also talk about how hard to push yourself. So as far as what weights to select, this is a very common question that I get, especially as we start our process with our clients and we might give them a squat or a deadlift or a bench press. And they'll ask, where should I start? And the answer to this is going to be, it's different for everyone, but I can give you some general tips on, um, how to select a weight that number one keeps you safe because we don't want to be squatting 500 pounds on day one. Um, and number two challenges us enough to be able to elicit an adaptation or is able to give us a result in other words. So first tip for selecting weight is number one is always form. We need to be able to lift that weight, whatever it is, say we are choosing weight for a squat and it's our first time ever, or our first time in a long time getting into our barbell back squat. At first, we're going to start off with the minimum, right? We're going to see how our form looks. Um, number one, we never compromise form to lift a heavier weight. That means that if you are noticing that, you know, at 45 pounds, you could do it. No problem. Your form looked really good. And then you increased to 65 pounds and you're noticing, Ooh, but that was really wobbly or my knee caved in there. Or, you know, I, I was really sticking my chest out there, or you're noticing that you're not doing the exercise with proper form. That is a red flag to back it up, take some weight off of the bar and go for a lower weight um, and focus on controlling that weight even more, right? Focus on focusing on controlling the repetition, um, maybe taking it a little bit slower, um, maybe videotaping yourself from the app outside to ensure that the biomechanics are there, the form is there. Um, number one is always form. If your form is compromised, that is a sign that you need to take weight off. You need to regress in weight. Along with that is activation. Activation meaning where are you feeling the, the burn? Where are you feeling the contraction happening in your body in this movement? When we talk about things like, you know, the deadlift, for example, is a really great example of where this gets a bit muddled. You, you number one, number one before anything is you need to understand the exercise itself. When we work with our clients with an empower, number one thing we do is a form assessment. We'll send them over videos of what we want them to do. We'll have them videotape them and send them back over to us. And we'll ask them questions like, okay, where were you feeling that? And in the deadlift, for example, 
number one is you need to understand the exercise and where you should be feeling it. Okay. Otherwise you're, you're going to be walking in without even the base level understanding. So that those things are specific to each exercise. So it's more than I could say on any one podcast, maybe in the future, if this would be something that's helpful for you, maybe you can reach out to me and let me know. Um, I'm happy to break down different exercises and talk a little bit about what they should look like um, in the body and also where you should be feeling them. So if that is of interest to you, just send me a message either um, on Instagram, email, uh, comment in the YouTube uh, comment section if that would be helpful. And if so, which exercises, because I'm help, I'm more than happy to, you know, do what helps, do what helps. And, uh, sometimes I'm just not exactly sure what that is. So please let me know, uh, in the comments, that would be so helpful. But number one, before anything is going to be understanding the exercise. And number two is, uh, is making sure that your form and activation matches that understanding of what you should be feeling, um, and how the exercise should be looking from the outside. Cause sometimes we feel like it's right, but then you take a video and you're like, oh, that was not right. Um, or sometimes, you know, everything looks almost okay, but you're noticing that, uh, you're feeling the activation in, in not the right place in the body. And everybody is slightly different anatomically, but there needs to be an understanding of, you know, when we're doing the deadlift, we're trying to feel the sensation more in the hamstrings, more in the glutes and the back is going to be working, but it should not feel like the thing that is, um, most active in that deadlift. So for example, if you are selecting, maybe you're doing deadlift with, um, dumbbells and you've selected, you know, 30 pound dumbbells in each hand. So all in all, you're doing 60 pounds on your deadlift. If you do that and you notice as you're doing it midway through, maybe on you're on rep five of 10 and you're noticing, man, I don't feel anything in my hamstrings or anything in my glutes, but I feel this all in my back. That is a good indication to let put down the weights right then and there. Don't even finish the set go down in weight, you know, maybe you pick up the 15s or the 20s instead of the 30s like you had and um, film yourself from the outside and really do a few reps, just slow and controlled, concentrating on feeling the hamstrings and feeling the glutes. At the beginning of the strength training journey, it's a lot of time to develop this number one skill and understanding of the exercises and number two, mind muscle connection to uh, understanding okay, can I activate my glutes a little more here? Can I activate my hamstrings a little more here? Because sometimes these parts of the body are not used to being worked and they kind of have to be awakened a little bit. Sometimes a, a quick tip on something that I'll do when I want to feel a certain muscle a little bit more, say, for example, I'm doing my bicep curls and I want to just like bring attention and awareness to the bicep. Um, I'm doing this on YouTube if you're watching the visual, but if not, I'll, I'll describe it to you. I do a, what's called palpation. So you can take the opposite hand and say, for example, you're curling up in your bicep curl, you take the opposite fingers and just give a little stimulation from the outside. You just tap, 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 tap that area, tap, 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 tap. And that's going to drive a little bit more stimulation to the area, which is great for mind muscle connection. And all you're doing is stimulating, um, that tissue to be able to say, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. I want to feel you. I want to feel you. Um, so that's a helpful thing to do. Um, sometimes I'll do that in hip thrusts when I am, uh, you know, contracting and I'm lifting the, the bar up at the top of that rep. I might take my fingers to my bum 
and I'll tap, 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 feel, 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 and just try to get a little bit more engagement in those glutes. Um, so that's a, a little tip there for you, but number one tip for selecting weights, you need to understand the exercise and where you're trying to feel it and what it's supposed to look like. And then the second tip is you need to make sure that it feels those ways and it looks that way. Um, and if it doesn't, if you are noticing activation in the wrong place, if you are noticing that your form is um, going out the window, you need to go lower in weight. Never compromise your form to lift more weight and make sure you're actively trying to connect to the target muscles. All right. Number three um, tip here is to start light. Start light and notice if you can do more. And if you can, then do more, right? There's no harm in starting light and seeing like, okay, let me try and do my 10 reps here. Oh, that was actually pretty easy. I feel like I can do five more uh, pounds or 10 more pounds or whatever it might be. Um, so start light and notice if you can do more. And if you can, then do more. And at the beginning of your journey, it, as you, you know, once you're lifting for three months, four months, five months and beyond, this is, you're going to know where you can start on your, you know, overhead press, you know, maybe you grab for the twenties, you know, that and it's automatic or the thirties or whatever it is. As you do more and more of this, you're going to have that down. But this is really for my people who are either just starting strength training for the first time or just getting back into it. Because over time, if you don't consistently strength train, you will lose that. You will lose the ability, the strength, you'll lose the ability to do those heavier and heavier weights, um, which is okay because you'll get it back. But we need to start light, right? Um, if you've looked at my how to warm up properly uh, mini training that we have available, um, then you know that you always want to do some warm up sets, especially of your main lifts. Um, and, you know, if you're starting off light, you can just treat that light set as your warm up set. You know, you don't have to treat it as one of your quote unquote working sets, or, you know, if you have three sets to do, you don't have to treat it as one of those. You can take a break and then go into your working sets, but start light. And if you can do more, do more. Number four, as a rule of thumb, the weights that you select for upper body exercises, um, should be significantly less than the weights that you select for lower body exercises. I feel like that kind of goes without saying for some people, it's very obvious, but it's a good rule of thumb because, you know, the weight that you grab to bicep curl is going to be very different than the weight that you grab to do a squat. Um, so for example, for, for that bicep curl, you might be able to do five pounds or 10 pounds or 15 pounds, um, right off the bat. But for, uh, you know, like a, a goblet squat, just holding five pounds might not be enough for you at first. You might have to grab for the 20. Um, so as a general rule of thumb, upper body exercises, you're going to lift less weight than lower body exercises. Number five, um, I want to talk about some good general conservative starting points <laughs> for, uh, people who have never lifted before, or if you're just not exactly sure where to start, I'd like to give you some place to start. So you're not starting from zero. You're not starting from two pounds. Um, here are some uh, general places to start. If you'd like them, you can grab a pen and paper. If this is something that would be helpful for you for lower body exercises, um, in your squat, you might try a 20 pound, uh, 
you know, a, tr- a 20 pound dumbbell. And for most people, if you, if you have not done strength training or, or done it consistently with load with weight, um, you know, in a long time or ever, you'll want to start off with, with, a with a dumbbell or a, a kettlebell for your squat. You don't really want to start off with a barbell on your back because the barbell, the weight of the barbell only is 45 pounds for most barbells, most standard barbells. Um, So for your squat, maybe grab a 20 pound kettlebell and do your 10 to 12 reps or whatever you can do. That might be a good place to start. Um, So your squat or your goblet squat, you can do 20, 25 pounds for a deadlift. You might try to start with two 10 pounds and see how that feels in your hamstrings and and in your glutes. Can you drive that awareness to the hamstrings and glutes and, uh, you know, film yourself, make sure that your, um, form is not degrading, uh, especially that it's not your form on rep 10 and 11 and 12 should look almost identical to your form on, uh, you know, uh, reps one, two, and three, you might notice that as you progress in your set to reps, 10, 11, 12, you might go a little slower. Um, but the form should look the same. We shouldn't be, you know, breaking at our, our back. We shouldn't see our ribs flaring and our butt starting to flare. We want to make sure that that form stays intact and the tempo might get a little bit harder to maintain. Um, but, uh, yeah, trying two 10 pound dumbbells in each hand is a good, very conservative place to start. Um, and then you can increase that in your hip thrust, try either a 30 pound dumbbell and you can place that on your hips, you know, of course, over, um, um, putting like a little towel there or, uh, a little mat or something like that. They, they tend to have those little square cushiony things that you can put on your, your hips, but typically the 30 pound dumbbell won't hurt your hips too much. Um, so you can start with the 30 pound dumbbell and see how that feels for the amount of reps that you're going to do, or you can do a non-loaded barbell, um, with no weight plates, just the bar. The tricky thing about doing the non-loaded barbell is that for the hip thrust, the setup is way easier. If you have, um, the weights on the barbell to lift it up. So you might need a little bit of help, um, in your first times doing the hip thrust, uh, you might do it with a, um, with a bar, with a, uh, dumbbell until you get the hang of it, until you feel the activation in the glutes and you feel like, okay, I can progress this weight. Um, for, for our clients, I really strongly recommend that once you're going to use the 45 pounds, once you're going to use a barbell, that you have something to prop the edges of the barbell up on. And if you've ever tried to set up a hip thrust without weights on the side, you know, how annoying and difficult that can be. Um, so anyway, if you need help with that, you can let me know, maybe I'll do a video on that, on that as well. Um, but start off the hip thrust, maybe 30 pounds, maybe 45 pounds. Okay. Upper body stuff, bicep curl. If it's your first time doing it or first time doing it in a long time, try eight pounds in each hand. If you're doing a overhead press, try eight pounds at first or 10 pounds. If you're doing flies, try five pounds. Um, if you need help on anything specific, you know, just comment here, let us know. And I'm happy to do some additional videos with some more context. Okay. Moving on to our next topic for, um, this podcast is how hard should I push myself? This is a huge question for people. And it's a, it's a massive question for more beginner lifters, but it's, it's kind of always, uh, it's always a internal 
dialogue that I think kind of never goes away of, am I pushing myself as much as I know that I can? So I'm going to give you the tools right now to know how much you should be pushing yourself um, on a scale and in a way that's quite measurable. Um, but you know, as you continue to go into your lifting career, there's going to be times when you'll have to reevaluate and say, okay, is it, is it my mind stopping right me right now? Or is it my body? And that's what we're going to kind of play into here. So there's a saying, what gets measured gets managed, right? If we have a system to measure something, then it's much more, uh, we're, we're setting ourselves up for success in the sense that um, we can we can manage it. If we're always relying on feeling and how we're feeling that day, well, one day we might feel really crappy and that might make us feel a little weak inside. Um, and another day we might be feeling on top of the world and like we can flip over a car. <laughs> but if we have a system of measurement that we can always go to and honestly ask ourselves, you know, am I at a one right now? Am I at a five right now? Am I at a 10 right now? Um, then that can help to make our lifting much more consistent over time and really set up for success in the long run. So you can know how much to push yourself and what weights to select by using a scale to measure your lifting intensity. So the first scale I'm going to talk about is the RPE scale. And this is a scale I really like to use um, for our beginner clients because the RPE scale, it stands for rate of perceived exertion. So rate of perceived, how much you're perceiving that you are exerting yourself, right? So this is an internal scale. So part of it is, is subjective, right? Because you are saying, how, how much do I perceive that I'm pushing myself? But I'm also going to give you some specifics for how to label these numbers and what to associate them with. So typically, um, we want to be, uh, if, if our scale is going from one to 10 RPE or rate of perceived exertion, 10 being the most intense maximum intensity you could do. Like if you did another rep, you, you wouldn't be able to, you would essentially crumble under, under, um, the, the stress of it under the weight of it. Um, 10 is absolute max, not absolute max for your mind, but absolute max for your body. Um, and one is it's light as a feather. It's way too easy. It's it's maybe just warm up weight. Um, on a scale of one to 10, you typically want to be lifting at a seven to eight. This is a, just a general rule of thumb. There's going to be different rules at different times as you progress. But generally, we want to be around a seven to eight to ensure that we see progress. So as you lift more and more, you'll become more and more confident in your ability to identify your RPE. At the beginning, you might be questioning it and saying, hmm, was that really a seven? Was that really an eight? Or was that more like a five or a six? And that's good. We should be having that conversation with ourselves every single time that we lift um, because it's keeping us more honest. And, you know, usually are usually we're honestly more capable um, than we think we are. And a lot of the times our mind is holding us back. But if you have that solid form and you have the solid biomechanics and you feel those activations in the places that you're supposed to be feeling them, you know, the burn um, or the intense feelings of everything, as long as they're muscular and they're not in your joints, right? As long as you're not feeling like, oh my God, my back is aching or, oh my God, my knees are hurting. As long as it's Ooh, my quads are really burning or my, my shoulders are really burning right now. That's exactly what we want to be feeling. We never want to be feeling uncomfortable in our joints, uh, joint pain or joint discomfort. Um, we always want to be feeling 
uncomfortable in the sense of, man, my muscles are on fire right now. And that is uncomfortable. As long as it's that muscular sensation instead of the joint sensation, then we're good to go. And 10, let me be clear, is a on a muscular sensation. There's also an aspect of lifting that involves our nervous system, right? So our nervous system is all throughout our body. And, um, it's, it, our nervous system is very mentally influenced. Um, so the, the central nervous system is the brain, right? So the, the mind and what we think we can do. So it's very influenced by our mind a lot of the time. So all of this is very inner, inner, uh, laced, but please know that you're usually much more capable than you think you are. And if you just give yourself the chance to slowly and incrementally prove that to yourself, then you're going to find you are, you know, you're so much stronger than you think, um, physically and also mentally, emotionally, and strength training is really such a cool way to explore how strong you are. Um, so anywho, I digress. Let's talk more about this scale so we can get into specifics. A 10 on the scale, please know, is talking about muscular discomfort, not joint discomfort. So a 10 is my muscles literally cannot do another one um, after this rep. Um, a one is very light intensity, one to two, very light intensity, easy peasy. I'm chatting away while I'm doing this. I am just smiling. Everything's fine. A three to four is going to be light intensity. You might be warming up around a three to four, a five to six. So that's light intensity. Five to six is going to be moderate intensity. Like, okay, I have to focus a little bit here. I got to focus to make sure that my mechanics are good. My form is good. Um, but otherwise like I'm pretty fine. I'm noticing my muscles starting to burn here. Um, but I'm all good. I, I got like, I could do this like at least another five, six, seven reps. All right. Then we get to seven to eight, which is where we want to be. Right. So this is RPE rate of perceived exertion seven to eight. And this is where you're seven to eight out of 10. You are, this is vigorous intensity. This is like, holy guacamole. I have to really be present here to make sure that each rep is really nice and tidy that my, my mechanics in each rep are nice and tidy. Otherwise, if you're not paying attention, you're just haphazardly going through it at this intensity, you would not be able to, uh, you would not be able to control that weight and to control your body in the way that you need to for good form and biomechanics. So seven to eight is vigorous intensity. If this was an emoji, it would be the uh, emoji with the teeth. If you see me on YouTube, you know what I'm talking about right now. Um, and this is where we generally want to be because we are able to push ourselves. But say, for example, you were doing a, um, you were doing a set of 10 on your squats. You want those last reps to be a seven to eight. And what that should mean is that if you needed to, if there was like a gun to your head, you could pop out maybe two more of those reps, but you know, if your cap was at 10 and that's where you're going to stop, if somebody put a gun to your head and said, you need to do two or three more reps, you could do it, but it would be incredibly hard. Okay. But you could do like one or two more. All right. Then we're going to go to the scale, uh, the top of the scale, RPE nine to 10. This is maximum intensity, not according to your mind, but according to your body. And like I said, your body can usually do more than your mind thinks it can do because our mind wants to tell us, get away from discomfort, get away from these burning sensation and 
sensations in your muscles. Go back to comfort. We are creatures of comfort, my friends. And strength training helps us to confront that part of us and say, no, you're capable of more. You are capable of more. And it's not always about being comfortable. Sometimes we need to put ourselves under stress so that we can expand what we're capable of, what we can do. And so we can get stronger. Um, maximum intensity. This is going to be what is referred to as going to failure. Okay. So there is a style of training that I like to do every now and then, um, but it's not what I like to do every single, um, ex every single workout I do. If I did that, I would be pretty beat up. So when you train to failure, it's good in the sense that, you know, you're taking yourself to a nine or 10 range. Um, and so you get to see what you're capable of truly, how many reps can I do with this weight? Um, you know, that I've been doing 10 or 10 or 12 reps. Can I do 15? Can I do 20 having a, what's called an AMRAP day or AMRAP stands for as many reps as possible, right? It's an acronym, A M R A P as many reps as possible. That is where we are training as many reps as possible. Not until you feel like it until you fail. Okay. As many reps as possible until you fail. That means your body reaches failure, not your mind. Um, so AMRAP days or, you know, AMRAP set, sets can be really helpful in showing you truly what you can do and helping you to push yourself past, you know, the, the protocol that you've created. But what's not so great about training to failure frequently is that, training to failure is going to beat you up a little bit, right? When we're strength training and we're strength training in that like seven to eight range, what we're doing is we're creating uh, micro tears in the muscle that then have to be repaired. And that's where we stimulate the body to lay down more muscle, more lean muscle. And that's a good thing. We want that lean muscle on our frame um, for many reasons that I've talked about uh, in the last uh, in strength training foundations, number one. So if you're not convinced that, you know, you're not going to blow up into a giant ball of muscle, uh, read that one or read that one, watch that one or listen to that one first, because um, it's very hard to put on muscle. Anyway, I digress. Oh, what was I saying? If you're training in that seven to eight range, what you're doing is you're stimulating your body, you're tearing, you're creating damage in the body that the body has to then adapt. We call this um, an adaptation. So the stimulus that you give yourself needs to be high enough. So stimulus that you give yourself. So the load you're putting yourself under the reps you're doing, it needs to be intense enough that your body says, holy shit, we've never exactly done this before. She's act, she's asking us to do more. Therefore, we need to create the resources to do more, right? And this is how we progress in our lifting is we push ourselves enough to where our body has to adapt. It is forced to adapt because we're asking it to do what we want it to do. And it's this is a new level of what we want it to do. And that's what's so cool about strength training is it is just right there in your face. If you want growth, you can make it happen, but you have to push yourself to intensity. If we trained all the time at just a five or a six, we would not be sending those signals in our body um, that would then create the adaptation of laying down more muscle. We would just keep doing what we're doing there at the five and the six, um, and kind of maintaining, but to push ourselves to create more adaptation, we need a stimulus great enough an intensity great enough, um, to create that adaptation. So 
that being said, lovely people, the seven to eight range is where we want to be. And it's kind of a sweet spot because once we get to the nine and the 10, we're beating ourselves up so much that it's going to take more time to recover, right? So if I push myself to maximum intensity one day, uh, nine and 10 ranges, and I can't possibly do any more reps than I'm doing, I usually you'll notice your body like shaking in this time. The nervous system is very overloaded. It's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. You have to like really breathe and, and, uh, your reps will usually be grinding out going slower than usual. Um, remember that your form doesn't change. Your form is still good and it's still intact, but it's like right on the verge of breaking down. Um, so all of that being said, you can imagine that the body is going to have to, it's really taking a hit as you're pushing it to failure, pushing it to that nine and 10. So it's going to take longer to recover. Of course, as well, you're risking, you're risking more here. You are risking being on the precipice of injury. Um, so that is why doing as uh, AMRAP days, as many reps as possible, being in that nine to 10 range, it's really nice to do, um, every now and then, maybe once a month or something along these lines. Um, but certainly not every session that you do. Otherwise you're probably going to beat yourself up a little, a little much. Um, and some joint joint discomfort might come along with that. And it's just kind of, it's not worth it, right? It's not worth it to risk, uh, pushing yourself to getting hurt so that, um, just so that you can do, you know, a couple more reps and I don't know, that can tend to get into like a little bit of an ego game there. So, seven to eight, eight's usually where you want to be to be pushing yourself. Um, so you can keep on being in your routine, be consistent with your strength training, you know, do those three to four to five days a week. Um, you know, do those four days a week, five, we start to get a little bit hairy, but do those, you know, four days a week ish, um, and not be at risk of, uh, overtraining and, and this type of thing. All right, sweet. So I think that's what I had for you today. How hard to push yourself. So you have RPE now in your back pocket. You understand how to actually measure that. Just keep asking yourself those questions every time you're lifting. What, where am I on that scale of one to 10 truly? And is this my mind stopping me right now? Or is it truly my body? Um, before any of this, remember that step zero, the precursor to all of this is ensuring that you know exactly what you're looking for from yourself in terms of the mechanics or how your body looks, you know, how much your knee is bending, how much your hip is bending in in terms of the biomechanics, but also in terms of the activation, where you want to be feeling those things. That's step zero. You need to understand that about the exercises you're doing before you can know if you're properly doing them. And before you can know if the rating you're giving yourself on that RPE scale is where it needs to be. If you have any questions um, about all this, plug them in the comments um, on YouTube or uh, send us a message. And I'm more than happy to, you know, record record content that really makes sense and is helpful. That is my number one goal is that what we can share here is truly uh, being of use and being helpful. And the last thing that I want to say is we have a complete visual that I created. It's a PDF download um, that I can send right over to you via email. Uh, if you just, you can click the link in the description and I'll have that in there and you just plug in your email and we'll send it over. It's very nice to have the physical representation. You'll see the RPE chart and there's little faces, emojis for each one. So you can see like what that 
emotion is, what that intensity looks like in that form. Um, and you'll have the chart and, um, everything that I spoke about really outlined in, in text. So, uh, I hope that this was helpful, uh, download the thing and, uh, we'll see you in the next.